Oh, God, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Prairie Dumpster. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Penner. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 497th, 284th best podcast in the goddamned universe. And, um... I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to be here right now. I don't want to do this. I don't want to dance. I don't want to have to dance for you people. Can't I just be myself? Can't you just let me be? Can't I just exist? Can't I just, you know, chill out for two seconds without you all showing up at my doorstep, throwing change at me, expecting me to dance and pull my jimmy out? Can't I do that? Can't I just live? Can't I just sit in a chair for two seconds without my legion of fans crawling the fire escape, breaking my windows, looking in, throwing a toonie at my forehead, and saying, Hey, jack off, entertain me. Can't I do that? Is that too much to ask? Yes, it is too much to ask. All right, fair enough. I'll dance. I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, I am bedridden for the most part. At the very least, apartment-ridden. Last week's episode was entitled Gastro McCrispy. If you remember last Thursday, I had started to writhe around in my bed. Normally, I mean, I'm always writhing when I'm recording the podcast, but usually it's on account of me grinding my crotch into my bed sheets as I record this. You know, and one of these days I am going to achieve that hands free orgasm just by the repetitive, the, the repetitive grinding against these flannel sheets. That is the goal. But last week, I was uh, grinding, sorry, writhing uh, for a completely different reason. I had um, a pretty bad stomach pain. Sorry, Mom, I've got a pain in me cadaver. Um, that's what I was saying. Uh, and it was in the upper abdomen area. And I came here... And I said, fuck the Ranch McCrispy. Fuck that sandwich. I am done with it. Because I thought I had uh, dyspepsia. Is it dyspepsia? Let's see. What did I have? I thought I had dyspepsia. Dyspepsia. Um, it was not dyspepsia. Chronic indigestion. It wasn't chronic. It was a one-off. And um, turns out it wasn't indigestion at all. Because on Thursday, um, yeah, I went to Underdogs, and I had a few beers. And then I went to Wendy's afterwards. And I got my classic, Dave's Double Spicy Chicken Snack Wrap. All right, small chili on the side, put a bow on it. 
eat the spicy chicken snack wrap on the way home. You still got fresh food by the time you get home. The next day I woke up, had my last day of work. It is over now. The animals of the tuxedo region in Winnipeg can breathe a little easier. I have put my mower away for the year. So any squirrels, frogs, uh, prairie dogs, regular dogs, uh, they're a little safer now because I won't be hunting them down with my riding mower. Another season of of spraying blood and bone dust um, across this city are, are, are over. And I love that job, and I'm sad that I'm not doing anything. That being said, I love not doing anything. So it's bittersweet. Um, I had my last day. It was great. I love the people that I work with. I love the um, mower that I ride, and I love the animals that I kill. I love it all. But then afterwards, uh, I went home. I was feeling real bad. That stomach pain did not go away. All right, and I was I was doing everything I could. You know what I mean? I was I was trying to induce burping, trying to induce vomiting, trying to induce defecation. Which don't ask me how I do it, but I know how. And um, nothing worked, and I was starting to feel bad to the point where I thought maybe it was COVID. Maybe it was COVID that I had because first wave of COVID, I got COVID. I got the whole coughing, sneezing, whatever, head flu thing. The second strain of COVID was just an insane back pain. My back just hurt. I had a body ache and I was, it was COVID doing it. So I thought, oh man, there's pain in my abdomen. Maybe it's COVID. I went to Rumors Comedy Club. I said, I think I have COVID. He said, I don't, manager of the Rumors, uh, Tyler Schultz said, I don't care. Cough on all the people you want. Just get up there and dance. And then he threw a toonie at my forehead. And I was like, yes, sir. And I went up there, had a great night. Dino Archie, super funny. Uh, Jordan Wellwood with the guest spot. Benji Rothman with the guest spot. It was a great night. We had fun. I shut it down. Shots of Jameson's. Budweiser's going down. I said, fuck it. If this stomach pain ain't going away, I'm going to drink it away. Got a little liquored. Went to Wendy's. Doubled down on it. I thought, hey, fuck it. Who cares now? I, I'm just going to, like I, like I spoke last week, uh, you know, on the episode, uh, my theory is if there's a problem with food, you just got to put more food on top of it. And then your stomach's just like, all right, let's, it, we're good now. That's how it works. Uh, it didn't work like that. It didn't work like that. I took home a Dave's Double spicy chicken snack wrap and a small chili. And I barely got through the Dave's Double and the small chili. I mean, I was full. I was full, but in a weird way. Like my stomach had room, but it was pressing up against something else. And I was in pain. And I thought, oh, fuck. I've done it now. And I went to bed, and I was like, ah, maybe it'll be better in the morning. It was not. I didn't even get to the morning. I woke up at 3.30 like someone was stabbing me in the sternum with a goddamn cleaver. It hurt. 
it hurt. There's a famous death metal band from Winnipeg called Serrated Scalpel. That's what it felt like. It felt like someone was sawing away at me with a serrated scalpel. And um, I said, fuck this, dude. Fuck this. I am going to the hospital. I called a cab. We went to St. B. The cab driver was like, emergency? I'm like, no, no shit. Emergency. The fuck you think I'm going there for? Visit a friend? It's 3.30 in the goddamn morning. Bring me to the emergency, you fucking hump. And he did. He was a great driver. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, maybe I'll just tell you what I have and then we can work backwards. Because the healthcare in Winnipeg is fucked. And it's no fault of the doctors and the nurses. Right? The doctor was competent. The nurses were all smoke shows. Everyone was crushing it. The problem is the system. But after a while, I realized that um, I have... Um, the doctor realized, or at least he thinks. I don't even think that they're positive what it is. But I thought what it was was... Um, I thought I had an alien growing inside me. That Mexican alien that they just revealed. They just, Mexico, just went in front of Congress and said, look, I have these two alien bodies. And they were like, dude, we're fighting a fucking drug cartel war. The cartels are about to take over this goddamn country. You're fucking talking about aliens? You've got two alien corpses? Dude, we've got 47 actual human corpses we just unearthed because they just got absolutely slaughtered and decapitated by the Sinaloa cartel. We don't have time for Mexican aliens. Do you understand that? Literally half our army is doing private jobs for the drug cartels. Okay, there's aliens. What do you want us to do about that? Can we get back to the uh, this large armed force of criminals that's about to take the country over? Alright, wow, aliens are crazy. That is nuts. Um, but in the time that you just gave this presentation about an alien you discovered, we just found 12 new mass graves. 12. Okay? Three politicians inside this room where you gave that alien presentation, they're dead now. They've been shot. There's another one. That guy just got shot in the head because the drug cartel was mad at him. Sorry, no, keep going with your alien presentation. I want to, yeah, we all want to hear that. Um, but anyways, at the end of this uh, day, I thought it was uh, Mexican aliens growing inside of me. Um, it was not. It was not that. And the doctor thought at first it might be liver stones. I told you last week how I got my gallbladder taken out on account of stones. Uh, now those stones have migrated to my liver. Yeah, you can get stones in your liver. You can get stones anywhere. Fuck knows. Maybe next week I will be back here with heart stones. Ass stones. God knows I got enough of those. Kidney stones. Intestinal stones. Uh, MRI... 
that I'm going into this weekend uh, might reveal that I have brain stones. That'll be a surprise to no one. Old brainstone penner, they'll call me. But after a while, they uh, realized it was not liver stones. Uh, the doctor, after fucking 14 hours at the hospital, uh, revealed that uh, apparently I've got a blood clot in my liver. I've got a blood clot in my liver right now. And that was the reason for uh, my extreme agony. The reason I was in pain is because uh, my blood, the blood in my body, had had enough. I was like, fuck this. And they just stopped being a liquid. And they solidified in the... um, Vein of of my liver. And my liver was inflamed as well, they said. And literally the doctor told me uh, that, and I quote, uh, there's a, um, a ligament on my pancreas that he says is a little tweaked. And I asked him, well, how did that happen? And he said, I have no idea. And then I said, that's weird. And then he looked at me and he said, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. You got a weird one. So the doctor's not even sure what it is. The doctor's not sure what it is, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, the writing's on the wall. I am done drinking. I am over it. And uh, because the pain that I experienced Friday at 3.30 p.m. on Friday night, um, I'm going to keep that memory fresh in my brain. The next time I'm thirsty for a beer, I'm going to keep that in, in mind. There is an old Buddhist saying that pain and pleasure are uh, related. Um, all pain causes the central nervous system to release endorphins, which is why sometimes pain feels good. You get this. Uh, in uh, uh, sex sometimes when a guy uh, brings home a lady um, usually on the third date first they go for a picnic um, or maybe not a picnic picnic's a little deep Uh, first they go for coffee and a light lunch and then on the second date they go for dinner and they go for dancing Um, You know, they go see a um, Spanish man play a flamenco guitar, and then they do a bit of tango. Even though none of them, they don't know how to, I don't know how to, do you know how to tango? I don't, oh my god. Oh, we look ridiculous right now. Oh man, everyone's looking at us. Oh, we're so, uh, just a couple of fish out of water. But we're a couple of fish, and they relate to each other. And they share that humiliating moment together, and it's hilarious. And then on the third day, they go for a picnic in the park, and they have a nice time, and it's nice. And now they're really getting into the deep conversation. So what do you want in a partner? What are you looking for in a partner? You know, that type of talk. And then they go for a very long walk. And then at the end of the night, um, he gives her a kiss on the cheek. And they think, wow, uh, wow, I really think the next time we see each other is going to be the night that we connect physically. 
And uh, it is. It is. They go out for dinner. They have a couple of drinks at a Legion uh, or a, a, a Leopold's. But at around 9.30 or so, the night's still young, they're already giving each other the look. Like, we don't want to be here. We want to be at home. So the guy takes the girl home and uh, immediately, without even saying anything, uh, grabs her by the hair and brings her to uh, his basement and um, sets her on the couch and says, don't move, I'll be right back. And she goes, okay, and she's nervous, but she's kind of excited. Why the basement? It's pretty dingy down here. Well, who knows where this will go. And then the guy comes back out of a room, and he's wearing a gimp mask and a Speedo. And he's got handcuffs on. And he says, kick me in the fucking balls! And because pain is related to pleasure. So, and she obliges. She's like, fuck yeah, this is what I'm fucking talking about. And she takes a running start and does a Pat McAfee-style football punt right into his balls. And his testicles go flying back up into his body and it crumples this guy he was not expecting her to be so uninhibited with the ball kicking she thought he was expecting her to be like what why she was on board immediately and hoofed this guy in the ball so bad that he he's pretty sure he can taste blood and it crumples him he's on the ground he's like and he wants to tell her to stop, but he's in too much pain. He can't. He's winded. He can't uh, tell her anything. So she just keeps going. Um, and eventually, when he comes to and, um, you know, he thought, hey, that was pretty hot. That was pretty sexy. It's because uh, pain... Eventually, it releases endorphins, and uh, you get hooked on those endorphins. It brings you pleasure. Now, the reverse is also true. Too much pleasure inevitably leads to pain. All right? You know what I mean? Uh, you, you, you eat too much food. Uh, eventually, your stomach becomes distended, and it starts leaking. Inside your body, and it burns, you know. You drink too much alcohol, um, you know, and then you drive home and you plow uh, into a, um, um, you know, outdoor barbecue for senior citizens. Uh, when those people are hitting the windshield, that glass flying, getting into your eye, that's going to hurt. Pleasure leads to pain. And uh, I've just had too many pleasurable moments under my belt. And eventually it just culminates in this. It culminates in a blood clot. Thrombosis. I've had one too many good nights. One too many like, whoa, that was crazy. I can't believe I drank and ate that much. That was fucked. Can you believe I did that? Dude, I got fucking loaded. And then I came home and ate the fucking pantry. 
and I don't even feel that bad today. Too many times that I've gotten absolutely obliterated and really not quite felt the consequences. I didn't know I was running a tab. We're all running a tab, you understand? And when you work out and you eat healthy and you keep it fucking boring and, you know, you uh, do the right things, you're working on, you're working up credit. You know what I mean? You got credit in your bank account. Oh, you, you ran a mile and you ate a salad? That's some credit. Oh, you got shit-faced and you fucking closed down Wendy's? That's a major debit, man. That's a debit on your account. And your body eventually has to one day pay the fucking piper. And I'm not even sure my debts are cleared. But let me tell you, I paid off a chunk with that Friday liver attack. Oh, God, was that painful. I paid some. I paid some debt, man. I've been running up the debit train way too fucking long. Oh, got away with it again. (laughs) No, you don't get away with it. You didn't get away with shit. You don't get away with a goddamn thing on this planet. In life. You don't get away with anything. You pay and you answer for everything. That is starting to sink in, man. There's no getting away with anything. You don't get no fucking freebies in this life. I thought there was freebies. There isn't. It was tough, dude. And another thing that fucking I fucked myself, that I guess the universe did not take too kindly with, was the fact that last week on the podcast I was telling my famous gallbladder story where I uh, had my gallbladder removed, and uh, but I got to the hospital and the wait time was like eight hours. And my mom came marching in and she said, Not my boy! And she pulled out a shotgun and started shooting people until they gave me a room. That, I should not have told that story. Because I was bragging about how I skirted the system. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Friday night, there was no skirting the system. My mommy wasn't there to help me. I had to grab a number and wait in line just like everybody else. And let me tell you, the wait times in this city are fucked. It's crazy. It's insane. I waited, and I had it timed out, all right? I got in there. I waited 20 minutes. They registered me. Great nurse, by the way. Super friendly, super nice. Um, She gave me two T3s right off the bat, chased it down with some water. I was codeine tripping. Oh, man, codeine dreaming, as the rappers say. Um, It was great. Uh, but I was uh, I was in agony. And then 20 minutes later, they took blood. And I didn't want the nurse to think I was a pussy, so I looked right at the needle. She was like, do you have an arm, a preference for arm? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Put it in. I won't even flinch. She was like, all right. <laughs> and 
she put the needle in. I looked right at it, and then I looked at her. And I'm like, you can keep some of that blood for your personal stash if you want. I don't give a fuck. And she was like, all right. So they took my blood. And then I sat down. And they were like, yeah, it'll be a bit, so just kind of get comfortable. I'm like, you got it. I'm good with waiting. Um, not realizing that my wait time would end up being eight and a half hours. Eight and a half hours. And just before I even see the doctor. Which is insane, dude. For an emergency room? What if it, what, like, what if it's an actual emergency? I refuse to think that our healthcare system is so broken that if you were actually stabbed or a life-threatening injury that, um, you know, that it would take eight and a half hours. It can't. It can't. I mean, this wasn't a, they probably saw me. They're like, this guy's got stomach pain, but he's, um, he's being a bit of a bitch, a bit of a pussy, so we can have him wait for a bit. They put me with the other people. There was a bunch of people there on a Friday night. Uh, some of which were not um, in any pain or visibly sick at all. There was a couple of crazies that came. And I call them crazies. They were, but they were in need of mental health support. They came in and they were like, "I really need help. I need to see a doctor." And then they're like, okay, well, the doctor will see you um, soon. And they're like, how soon? What's the wait time? And she'd, she'd be like, I don't know, nine hours? And they were like, fuck this. And they were on the streets. But like my good buddy um, said, uh, some of those people were just lonely. And they just go to the ER to hang out. Which sounds callous. It's also completely accurate. There's one lady in there. She was like, um, you know... Can I get a smoke? I was like, yeah, sure, let's go for one. We went outside. I found out what her problem was, uh, and this is word for word, verbatim. She said, uh, I'm like, what are you in here for? And she's like, well, one of my toenails is growing a little to the left. Look at that. Do you see that? It's growing a little to the left, and it's growing crooked. That can't be good. I'm like, yeah, doesn't look good. Does it hurt? She's like, no. So she just wants to hang out. There was another lady there who had had an asthma attack like eight hours before I even arrived there. She had been waiting for a long time. Um, She seemed perfectly healthy and normal. In fact, she kept asking the staff for sandwiches. And she was making conversation with everybody. She was making a lot of friends. She was bouncing from chair to chair. These sick people were sitting there like, She was like, how's it going? Very... Inappropriate stuff. She's a super nice lady. Very friendly. And she ended up leaving eventually after a while. I think she was just like, yeah, all right, let's go home. I don't think she was really that sick. Not like me. I was sitting there. I was in pain. You understand? I had no cigarettes. I had my vape. Thank God. Strawberry, kiwi, banana ice. Saved the fucking day. But to get up and go outside was a labor all the time. And finally, after four hours, man, I was hurting. And I went to the, the, the nurse 
the male nurse. And I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to bother you, but I think I'm reaching my limit here. Um, I mean, is there anything we get? Is there any way I can get some more T3s? He's like, ah, oh, sorry, buddy. I can't really do anything for you right now. Um, but what we're trying to move it along. Uh, what, what's your name? I was like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, let me go see. All right, you're a little far on the list, but um, I'm sorry. We can't really give you anything right now. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check back. So I checked back in like an hour. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry, but is there anything we can do? And now he's getting strict with me. He's like, I can't give you any more drugs, man. Sorry, I can't do it, all right? Just going to have to tough it out. And I was like, all right, deal. You're the boss. You got it. Um, but I was like, but I have a couple hours before the doctor. I see the doctor. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I fucking limp over to Shopper's Drug Mart, which was one of the hardest walks of my life. But I got there, I bought a bunch of ibuprofen, a bunch of muscle relaxants, and I started popping pills in the Shopper's parking lot. I looked real fiendish. I didn't give a shit. I want my drugs. And so I was popping them. And then I went to the waiting room, and then I was fine. Then I was okay, because I took enough drugs. I got a nice buzz on, and um, sat in the hospital, waited for the doctor. The doctor said, might be liver stones, might be nothing. And then we went for the ultrasound, and um, I was trying to make small talk with the ultrasound guy. He was not having any of it. I was like, so what do you see, doc? A lot of stuff in my liver? He's like, a lot of stuff in your liver. I'm just taking pictures, all right? It's up to the doctor to decide. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I thought it'd be busier in the hospital. And he was like, yeah. Boop. He hated me. And then I guess I was the last guy on his docket. So he's like, yeah, just grab a seat in that uh, chair outside. Then we'll uh, get the, um, the uh, porter to wheel you up. And I was like, all right, sounds good. So I'm just sitting in the hallway in a wheelchair waiting for this porter. This guy's done his shift. He grabs his jacket and his bag. He walks out, and I'm like, see ya. And he's like, yeah, see ya. I don't know. So on top of physical pain, now I had uh, emotional existential pain. Thanks to this goddamn ultrasound guy. And then we went for the CT scan. Anyways, it was a whole thing. So, eventually the verdict came in that I am, um, the nurses there were lights out. It was fantastic. Nurse named Suzanne, Muslim, excellent nurse. Uh, nurse named, a porter named, uh, what was her name? Manette. All, all stars. Real great nurses at St. B. All of them extremely attractive really gave me reason to live honestly gave me reason to hope to hang on um and by hope i mean hope for a catheter but um yeah it was just a fantastic day overall and then my mom came my mommy did come and she picked me up she brought me some soup but anyways ladies and gentlemen i am bedridden now i don't give a shit i am at home and uh, moving is still difficult. I've been riding this codeine train. T3s. Oh, man. Talk about heroin. This stuff is crazy, man. This stuff is nuts. 
I mean, there's something to all this lean talk about rapping. It's no joke. Oh, God, I got to urinate. I have to go to the bathroom. We hate doing this on the podcast, all right? We like to go straight through because it helps the vibe of the show. If I don't pause the goddamn podcast, we've paused it two times. One was for urination. The other one was for defecation. Uh, Chalk up another one for urination. I'll be right back. God damn it. And we're back. Okay. Sorry about that. I I like, I mean, one thing I learned is that I got to start hydrating and feeding my liver uh, uh, appropriate liquids. Uh, It turns out my liver doesn't like um, sustaining itself on nothing but coffee and dairy products. That's the only liquid I've been consuming. If it's not diet soda... It's coffee. My entire body has been fueled by black shit for the last year. That's enough. It's enough of that. Um, so, yeah, I've been hammering about the waters. And my kidneys are loving it. They're like, wee, well, this is fun to process. And it is processing it. Um, yeah, but the codeine. In fact, I stopped taking the T3s. A little while ago, which is difficult because, uh, I mean, acetaminophen. How do you pronounce that? Acetaminophen. Pronounce. Here we go. Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. That's a fun word. Acetaminophen. 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 Got it. Shut up. Um, Yeah, it's got that, which is not good for the liver, but it's also got um, codeine in it. All right? And let me tell you, I've been riding waves of brown sugar. I'm talking heroin morphine waves. The body buzz is insane, but I had... I, I took some the other night, and I was having a great time, and I thought, okay, ooh, time for bed. And I fell asleep. Man, I had the weirdest, weirdest hour of my life in bed. Exactly, Crow. It was weird. You know when you're falling asleep, and you're, like, not... um you're not quite awake. You're not really thinking about anything. There's all this barrage of images. Sometimes if you come to again, you're like, holy shit, what was I even thinking about? Like you kind of, you're in between the dream world and the real world, you know? And you're just hovering there. And you're not asleep yet, but you're there, man. I I don't know if it was the codeine or what, man, but I was having absolute visions and I was kind of, like aware of where I was like I knew that when I was falling asleep I was like oh shit you're falling asleep here you're falling asleep now and I couldn't move it was like sleep paralysis let's look that up sleep paralysis sleep paralysis sleep paralysis refers to the phenomenon in which resumption of consciousness occurs while muscle atonia of REM 
sleep is maintained. Shout up out there. Leading to intense fear and apprehension in the patient. Um, That's not really what I'm talking about. Is the feeling of being conscious but unable to move. That's kind of what it was. And I was like kind of had to to shake myself awake. Right. So I fell asleep at like 2.50. Maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. And then I um, was just in this pocket of blah, blah, blah. And then finally I went to sleep. And I had this super fucking long dream. That I was in some house as part of some reality show, right? But I didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden I was laying on the ground and there was a helicopter flying over top. And I was like, oh shit, the chopper's here. But then my whole body started vibrating and I just let go. And I was just spinning around in a circle. And then I had, I kind of jerked myself and I was awake. It was scary as shit, man. Like I was uh, astral projecting. But then I looked at the time. I was like, fuck, dude, that was a crazy night of dreaming. Like literally, it was the, the time was quarter to four. So at the most, 45 minutes had passed. And it seemed like I was asleep for nine hours. It was really weird. But ladies and gentlemen, I am into astral projection now. Not the musical group. Google, you fuck. Astral projection. What is astral projection? Well, let's see what the IIPC.org has to say. International. This is the uh this is from the uh, Instituto Internacional de Projectiologia. E conscientiologia by the Educao Ipaquisa. So, some Brazilian or Spaniard Mexican dude is fucking all about this. But, anyways, have you ever seen yourself outside your body? Have you ever had lucid dreams, those dreams with the sensation of falling down or flying? You may have gone through astral projection. The phenomenon of consciousness coming out of the physical body. Maybe that's what I have. Maybe this whole blood clot thing is just bullshit. And what is actually happening is my liver is so angry that it's actually coming out of side of my body. That was, uh, by the way, just for full credit purposes, the text there that I read was written by Guillermo Luna. Translation by Margarete Belli. And the revision was by Patricia Barbosa. Ah, Let's go to Wikipedia. Fucking trusted source. Um, Astral travel. Term used in esotericism. Uh, to describe intentional out-of-body experiences, OBE. Um, what are we doing here? Where are we going? 
Well, fuck it. I don't want to learn about it. I just want to do it. Because if I can astral project myself out of this body, then maybe um, I could, you know, eat healthy while I'm here. You know, I would eat salads and, and chicken and soups and go to the gym. And then I would come lay down and then uh, my, you know, consciousness would astral project itself to the Wendy's drive through and still be able to have a chicken snack wrap or two. Maybe I could do that. Who knows? Maybe I could astrally project myself uh, to the bar, have a couple of shots, have a couple of beers, shoot the shit with the guys, uh, hop in my astral car, drive home at insane speeds, very reckless driving, plow into a family, and then return home to my actual body. And when the cops show up, I'm like, it wasn't me, it was my consciousness. Maybe. Who knows? I have high hopes for this astral projection. Maybe I could do it. Who knows? But either way, the, um... Ladies and gentlemen, the party is over. The party is over. The man you thought you knew is dead. Or dying, at the very least. Um... No, from now on, I mean, we're going to get real fucking boring with it. I, you know, until now, I've had a uh, devil-may-care attitude, which is also a type of beer that I, I drank a lot last winter, devil-may-care, local brewed beer here in Winnipeg. And my friend, uh, Maya, receives all the defect beer that they get. So she had pallets of it at her place. I would go over there. We'd get hammered on this beer that was may or may not have been completely unsafe, completely toxic. It's hard to say. Uh, but um, so anyways, I blame that beer, too. But I've lived very, I'm like, hey, whatever, man, that's my style, dude. Blah, dude, no, man, I ain't no fucking square. We drink, we smoke, we fucking eat like shit. And you know what? We get the job done. Fine, that's all well and and good. It was all fine and dandy. I didn't mind feeling like too like shit. You know, I didn't mind feeling hungover in the morning. That I can handle. What I can't handle, though, is that feeling that something in your body is dying. That's no good. It scared the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. Saturday, this blood clot really put a scare into me. And um, it's time to just go fucking boring with it. It's about time. We're going to eat boring meals. We're going to skip the party. Or we're going to go to the party and we're going to watch everyone have a great time. And we're going to have an okay time because we're sober. Maybe we'll have a great time because we're sober. Who knows? But we're going to be boring with it. What are you doing today? I don't know. I'm going for a walk. 
Oh, really? You want to come to this kegger? Jerry just got a fucking dab rig. He's going to be doing dab hits while Barry does keg stands and does body shots off of Terry. I'm like, no thanks. No thanks. Larry, Barry, Terry, Jerry, have a good time. I can't make that. I have to stay home because I'm making a list of goals and a budget. That's where I am now. We're going to get boring so that we can try to stretch this life out as long as we can. Um, Because I realized, yeah, I don't want to die. I don't want to die at all. I think I said that on the last podcast where I was like, I don't care if I die. I'm ready to die. Hey, man, carpe diem. Well, everybody dies, man. It's scary. And I don't even think I was close to dying, but just the thought of like, I don't know what this is, but it hurts and it sounds serious. It feels serious. That it was enough for me being like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, I take it back. I would not be one of those guys in the firing squad. I always thought that. You know, I would be lined up in front of the firing squad and I'd be like, fuck you. And they would be like, and I'd be like, give it to me. Fuck you. Not the case. Not the case. If they even line me up in front of um, a cap gun, I'd be like, no, don't. No, no, please. I'm not ready. I've got things to say. So I'm not one of those guys. That I realize too. It's time to keep it fucking real with who I am. I'm scared of nature. I'm scared of death. And uh, I don't want to die. I enjoy living. And um, I, I am uh, weak. Uh, I'm a weak man. Um, I, until now, have just been a slave to my cravings. I've justified it as um, being like, hey man, that's the path I chose. I don't give a fuck. I do give a fuck. I'm just very, I'm weak in the face of uh, bodily pleasures, which I get through food and uh, booze. And and it's I'm having a tough time overcoming these cravings, and uh, that's really what it is. Can we just fucking call a spade a spade here? Can we just be honest? Well, I mean, let's lie. I'm going to lie to everybody I ever see in life. But let's stop lying to ourselves. Can we just admit that this is not some fucking cool thing that you do? That you're a weak man? That you cannot say no? All right? That you fold under peer pressure? Huh? That you fold under the pressure of your own pressure that you've built up against yourself? Because you want to meet the expectations that you think your friends have of you even though they don't. These are expectations that you have. Can we just say that? Can we just say that you're weak and that you need to start from scratch now and that you need to build something up of value that isn't based on the fucking Wendy's chicken snack wrap? Can we do that? Can we admit that? 
you can admit that, if you can look in the mirror that you are scared of death, you're scared of dying, but you're also weak, then we can move forward. Then we can begin the process of fixing this. Not that there's that much to fix. All right, it isn't. Six, eight months of actually uh, concerted effort. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be okay. I'll be right as rain. All right. Oh, God, this vape is good. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much the podcast. Today's podcast was the 33rd episode. And in numerology, what does 33 mean? What does this episode mean, huh? 33, the master teacher. 33 is a master number in numerology and is known as the master teacher or uplifter. Hey, that's me. So cool. When I thought I shit my pants with the Wendy's, that was just so that I could learn and then pass it on to you. I'm a master teacher. Uh, master number 33 is a powerhouse of creative energy and possibly possibility motivated by genuine love and compassion for people around it and the world. Master number 33 has the deepest desire to guide, teach, and nurture others. See, that's exactly, really, that is what I am. I have the deepest desire to guide you, to teach you, and to nurture you. By putting my fuck-ups and my journey on full display. So the next time you are at the Wendy's drive-thru, you'll think, what would Master do? And then you decide, well, which Master? Pre-episode 33 Master? Because he would fucking double down on the Wendy's. And he would be driving drunk right now. and um, And he'd be, you know... Singing Fleetwood Mac out the window, full blast with a mouthful of Dave's double. That's what the master teacher used to do. Now the master teacher would be at home doing his taxes like a boring asshole. The master teacher sucks. (laughs) I don't like master. What is the life path number 33? 33s and 6s share a passion for making the world a better place and a solid commitment to stability and security. 33 and 6s. Let's see what the 6th episode was. What was that called? What did I call that one? Uh, 6th episode was called Kick a Gorilla in the Balls. So I don't know what this numerology is talking about. It doesn't seem to have a lot to do with um, uh, my podcast, which is concerning. Uh, no, not numerology. 33 is also a big number in the Freemasons. Um, in Freemasonry, what is 33? In the United States, members of the Scottish Rite can be elected to receive the 33 degree by the Supreme Council. It's conferred on members who have made a major contributions to society. Henry Kissinger much? Or to masonry in general. What does the 33rd Masonic ring mean? 
may be conferred upon a brother in recognition of his contributions to the fraternity or to humanity as a whole. Okay, cool. So if you brought in like a bunch of babies for you guys, for your whole temple to eat, then, um, bro, you're getting a 33 ring. Dude, oh man, these babies are delicious. Who brought these? Who found these babies? Oh, they're good to you? Terry? Fucking Terry, where'd you find them? That's fucking crazy, Terry. You're the fucking man, bro. 33 ring coming your way, eh? I mean, Terry's got to get a 33 ring for all these babies. They're delicious. Um, but apparently someone on Quora says uh, the number 33 has absolutely no significance in Freemasonry. Valley of Columbus. Achieving 33 degrees... 33rd degree mason is an honor that can be bestowed upon a Scottish Rite mason. It is not campaign for. Okay? Don't fucking campaign. I, take your picture off the goddamn bus bench, Barbara. Alright? No one's voting for you. 33rd degree mason. It's Master Mason who has exhibited knowledge, passion, and sacrifice to his craft. Are these guys actual masons? Like, I don't... Are they actually cutting stone, or what are they doing? Oh, shit, they got, uh... They got names of people. Valley of Columbus members who have elected to receive the 33rd degree in August of 2023 in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, they got a shit ton of 33rd degree masons. Guess it's not that big of a deal. Conspiracy theorists gotta chill. Everyone and their fucking dog is getting a 33rd degree ring. Alright? Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, that's pretty much the podcast, episode 33. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I will say, though, that uh, just to wrap up the healthcare thing, it is election season coming up. Okay? And I don't encourage anyone to vote. If you don't vote, hey, Godspeed. I probably won't vote either. Uh, but I'm... I might vote in this election. I'm going to look for whoever has the most decent health care plan or something with it. Because uh, they're really getting fucked over there. The sick people are getting fucked with the wait times. The, um, the doctors are getting fucked. Their hands are tied. They're running out of beds. They're running out of staff. The nurses, they're getting mandated all over the fucking place. It's a real shit show. Don't let anyone fool you differently. At least when I was sitting there, I was like, it has to fucking run differently than this. There has to be a better way. Some poor girl is waiting in the lobby. She had been waiting there since 9 in the evening. I got there at 4 in the morning. She had been waiting already 7 hours. And then it was another 8 on top of that. 15 hours before she even saw the doctor. You understand? That's a problem. If it was nine hours in, in total, that's one thing. Let me see the doctor or give me a bed. Hook me up to some fucking morphine. Just take the pain away and then we can find out what the problem is. As soon as I got that morphine drip coursing through my veins, dude, take all fucking day with it. In fact, I hope you do. Take all week with it, all right? I'm in fucking, uh, you know, 
cotton candy town. I don't feel shit right now. All right. I'm snowboarding down mountains of China white. I don't give a fuck. You understand? I'm laying on a soft bed made out of black tar. You get it? We, dude, handle it next month. Just keep the morphine coming. But the thing is, they don't even have the capacity to get you into a bed to do that with. So you just got to sit in these chairs, writhing in pain. Before you get your drugs. That's not good. That's not good. If you're in acute, agonizing pain, you should have somewhere to go to where they can be like, okay, well, first things first, we'll take the pain away. And, of course, this would be open to abuse. Who gives a shit? Open it up. Who cares? Let them abuse it. My tummy hurts. Morphine, please. Okay, fine. Who cares? Whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. And it seems like it's a bunch of politicians fucking shit up again on the ground on the ground floor. It's always like that, isn't it? Not to get preachy with it, and I know everyone knows this, but there's people working in the front lines of healthcare, and then some fucking asshole comes through who did accounting for some business or owns some business that's completely accounting based or like he's just a business dick and all he sees are numbers on a spreadsheet oh we could streamline this there's more efficiency here we could fucking do this and this and this without considering the consequences that it's going to actually have to people and their bodies and their minds Brian Pallister you fucking motherfucker Alright? And I don't know about his other Paul. Maybe he's maybe he was a great businessman and he saved this province a lot of money. Fucking kudos. Alright? Thanks for the cash I I won't get. Okay? But at the same time, um I mean maybe there were inefficiencies. I don't know. But one of these business politician fuckheads has to come in there and actually do some good for real-world tangible problems like wait times, like fucking uh, staffing shortages, and like resources. Someone's actually got to come in and actually fix these problems in the real world. All right? You're going to have to make sure that it actually happens. Because as far as I can tell, politicians are completely fucking useless. Oh, God. But anyways, there's an election, so maybe it's not all politicians that are useless. Maybe someone actually gives a fuck and will actually change shit. Um, but I don't know. I feel bad for those healthcare professionals because they treat me like a goddamn rock star. When, in fact, I was... Um, some schlub that smoked like shit, you know, they had, they didn't mind. This smelly schlub is staring at me awkwardly. I'm still going to give him, um, the utmost of my, uh, service. That's how good those nurses were. So there's no fucking reason that they can't have the resources 
and their um, peers, enough peers around them to A, do their job properly, B, uh, get paid appropriately for it, and C, um, not have to work fucking 97-hour shifts, um, take a two-hour nap, and then do another 112-hour shift. No fucking reason for that. I mean, this is Canada. I hate to bring that up, but we're in fucking Canada here. All right? This is not Sierra Leone. We are not in Bangladesh. All right? Those countries have been ravaged by war. They got their own problems. Let's face it, they're shitholes. All right? A lot of great people there. But, I mean, their infrastructure is awful. We're not them. We have resources. We have money. We are lucky. So, at the very fucking least, we should be able to get our hospitals right. Anyways, that's my preaching for the day. I don't like to do that, but Jesus Christ Almighty, can we fucking act like we're a first world nation? Can we at least act like we're the neighbor to the most powerful country on the fucking planet? Huh? Can we at least act like we're part of the G8? A summit where the richest fucking countries come together and and talk about how goddamn rich we are and what we want to do with the rest of the countries? I don't know if we're in the G8. G20 for sure. All right. Um, But that is the podcast. Shout out to Wendy's. No, not Wendy's. We're not shouting out Wendy's. Um, Shout out to, oh, Clara Penner. My mother makes a hell of a borscht and bakes a hell of a bun. And let me tell you, her borscht was crushing it. Heated some up. Little bun, little butter on the bun. I eat a bowl. I eat the bun. I forget that I left the pot on. It was on simmer. I'm sitting there for an hour. I'm watching Cops. It's a great time. Meth head's getting tased all over the place. I'm like, fuck yeah. I go back to the stove. All the water boiled out of the borscht. Now it's just a slurry of vegetables and whatnot. I put that in a bowl. Huh. Delicious. Dry borscht. It's incredible. So shout out to borscht. Shout out to uh, home-baked buns. And shout out to my mother, underrated cook. All of her sisters cook, you know, and all those Mennonite ladies, they always take pride in cooking. Oh, we cook good. Oh, this is a cook. Oh, we're so good at cooking. Holy cow, I can cook too. Look at this pie, mate. I can cook too. And my mom would show up and they'd be like, okay, well, just put it on the table. Never got her proper dues as far as how good of a cook she is. Good of a, and how good she can clean. It was a real dick measuring contest with Mennonite mothers. How good they could cook and how clean their house was. My mom uh, wasn't at home all day working on this shit. Okay, My mom was in Granny's poultry in a fucking ice fridge cutting apart chickens, slicing her hands up. Because we were broke. We had to pay the bills. Right? Mom couldn't just stay at home working on her fucking brownies. She had to get out there in the chicken plant and make fucking $11 an hour. 
so that we had money for whatever she did make. She still came home. She still made food. And it still tasted good. All right? So fuck you, other Mennonite ladies. You ain't got shit on my mom. Blow me. Second, uh, thank you to, um, thank you. No, thank you. Shout out to a band called Young and In The Way. They were a black metal, black rock and roll, black hardcore band that released a couple of insanely good albums back in the day before they got canceled for a few incidents with groupies that may or may not have happened. Some people allege they did happen. Young and in the way came out and said these didn't happen, but we have no way to prove they didn't happen, so we're disbanding. A little sketchy? Sure. A little fishy? Of course. Right? But, <laughs> goddamn, they had a really good sound, and I've been listening to them. It is fall time, you understand? Autumn is approaching. So it is black metal season up in this piece. Black metal season. And we're going to go in with it. With that fucking raw shit. Pavesh N. Black Silas. Sanguine Relic. Passage d'Iver. You understand? Just some weirdo fucking dork incel on a mountain or in some Eastern European basement wearing a goddamn cloak and going... That's my jam. That's what I'm going to be doing all fucking autumn long. It is raw black metal season. And last but not least, of course, massive shout out to uh, my doctor, Dr. Peters, and uh, the nurses at St. Boniface Hospital. Uh, But most importantly, first and foremost, again, my mom. My mom's a nurse. And she was going crazy. She's like, do you want me to come down there? I'll wait in the hospital with you. I'm like, Mom, it'll be like eight hours. She's like, it's okay. I'm coming down. I'm like, you don't have to. Don't do that. You're going to be sitting here. You're going to be waiting. You're going to be doing nothing. It's okay. I'm 36. I'm going to hang out. I'll let you know what's going on. Then I told her I was going for the ultrasound. She's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll come down now. I'm like, no, I don't need Relax. And I was like, okay, I'm going in for my CT scan. She's like, you need me? She was at home going crazy, her motherly instincts. She's like, my boy needs me. Oh, God, he's dying over there and I'm not there. You know, real diehard mom. She's great. Um, And just very knowledgeable with the nursing. Dude, I can't tell you how valuable it is to have a nurse in the family. Any ache, any pain, anything weird... Anything, whatever. She's on top of it. She knows exactly what to do. She knows exactly what to say. She knows exactly what's a big deal, what's not. What I should go to the doctor about. What I should wait a day for. This is awesome. Yeah. So let's just pray that she never, uh, you know, calls in sick because I might die. All right? And anyways, that's the fucking podcast. 
And I know I sound energetic on this podcast. I did a great job of masking up my pain, uh, both external and internal, for you. But I'm canceling on it. My good buddy's got a... uh, I'm canceling on all your shit. My good buddy Sinna has a party this Friday. I can't go. I'm sorry. It's just... It's not happening. Right? Do you understand? I'm still bedridden. I'm still... I've got a test on Sunday. We'll see how it goes. Right? Rumors. Probably going to trade away my shift. I can't do it. You understand? It's just not good. I need to rest. And I'm expecting everyone in the fucking world to understand that. Anyways, this podcast has been mostly about me again. But hey, who gives a shit? Um, You know, relate it back to your own life. And um, try to get some entertainment value. Sorry. Try to get some entertainment value out of it that way. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just get off my ass. Stop throwing two... I'm not a monkey... To for you people to make dance. I mean, I'll dance, but you gotta give me at least a toonie, all right? Two loonies, maybe buck fifty, sure. A dollar, we'll see. Seventy-five cents? No. I love you guys. I really do. Thanks for all the well wishes. Well wishes from everyone I got, and um, yeah. Appreciate it. I got. It. I'm lucky to have you people, and I'm lucky to um, have the people in my life. All right, and I'm lucky to live here. This is a great time. It's a great place, despite what some people might tell you. With the fireworks, oh god. <sighs> no, no, this place is pretty good. All right, fuck the haters. We're doing okay around here, and you're doing okay. And despite this podcast, I'm doing okay. Everyone's going to be okay as long as people do okay. Wow. Wise. I love you all, and I'll see you all in hell. I'm not gonna do it, 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 I'm not gonna do it,